to Stu Peter. This is God's platform, and all glory be to God Almighty. And welcome to this edition of the Stu Peter Show. I'm Paul Harrell filling in for Stu. So Canadian Christians last week participated in a march to protest the tranny sex religion being used by the left to target children and put them on the path to hell. Make no mistake, that's exactly what's going on here. That and normalizing and eventually legalizing sex with kids. Of course, anytime Christians assert themselves and push back against evil, as we'll see later in tonight's broadcast, screeches of bigotry can be heard from tyrannical governments and woke corporations. That is exactly what happened in Canada last week. The million-person march in Ottawa was a powerful moment. Canadians continue the pushback against their administration's attempt to control them, and it's inspiring others to do the same across the world. The march also exposed woke teachers' unions and their cooperation with Marxist extremist groups. If it wasn't obvious before, it is now. If you are a teacher, then it's likely you are a Marxist and will do whatever it takes to abolish the systems of old that keep us grounded, morally accountable, and good members of society. Now, woke teachers are training your children to hate themselves and their country. And the teachers' union at the Million Man March made that very clear. Groups like Antifa, the teachers' unions, and LGBTQ perverts showed up to push back against the parental and religious groups protesting against trans indoctrination coming from the schools. So Odessa Orlowitz says that she has footage of the head of unions, teachers' unions, organizing with Antifa groups to attack the parents at the march. Odessa Orlowitz joins us now to share more about these developments and break a story as well. Odessa, welcome back to the Stu Peter Show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, I've seen the videos you know, circulating on Twitter, and it's amazing that the teachers who showed up, part of the teachers' union, to showed up, to protest or push back against the parents trying to stand up for their children, those teachers were standing right alongside uh, right alongside Antifa goons. I mean, well, this is incredible. There's so much to the story, though, that is just coming out. So the um, there was a union meeting, and actually um, a strange man from anti-hate, Bernie, he was on the meeting as well, and what's happening is the unions are being bullied to send people to protest the parents and union members don't even know what this is about. So in actuality, we have found out that the head of the unions who are Marxists, who are trans, who are gay, one of the uh, men that's a head of a union, which is statistically impossible according to psychiatrists and Jordan Peterson, has not one, not two, but all three of his children are trans. That's statistically impossible. So we have a man training kids to be trans in charge of our systems. So the head of the unions are now trans, gay, extreme activists. Um, and so they've taken over the decision-making process. We have just found out that our broke hospital system, the head of the broke hospital system of the unions offered nurses to go counter protest parents for a day's wage when we have no money in our medical system. Then we're finding out because lots of people that are part of the union, they don't want anything to do with this. So they're leaking these emails to 
uh, parent saying, look, I'm a teacher and I've never been into this SOGI stuff. They're making us teach. They're now saying we have to go counter protest. So a lot of people that were there were misinformed kids who think we're just bigots and anti-gay, which they're not. We are against the trans ideology being taught to our kids. Um, and so actually there was literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of emails put out by unions telling their union members, who some of them are on our side, you will go protest these parents. So we got about 10 to 15,000 people out in Ottawa saying enough of this ideology, it's messing with our kids. The porn is out of control in schools and they only got about 2000 people and half of them were paid. This was across Canada, every single city except Vancouver. We had way more parents there and children and concerned people than the counter protesters and Vancouver was about even or we had a bit more. So even with threatening jobs, paying people to go down there, our movement is bigger. So yeah, Justin Trudeau is essentially, uh, and his government, his goons, all of that, I mean, they're, they're terrified uh, that you guys would be perceived as the majority. The same thing happened uh, when Donald Trump got elected president. All of a sudden, the rallies were infiltrated by Antifa protesters who were clearly paid to be there. So this is a tactic of the globalists when they want to uh, you know, essentially try to convince that uh, the people that they're not the majority, you guys are the majority because this is essentially child abuse. I mean, when you mention that the head of the teachers union has three trans kids, so he's clearly doing this on purpose. Yeah, I mean, he is and he's an abuser. He's a child abuser. And that's what we need to start calling it that because that and we also really need to open up child abuse statutes and put those who would trans children under that parents that if you do this then you're guilty of of legal child abuse when that you can be prosecuted for it that's what that's our battle down here in, in uh red states uh that's going to be our battle in in the future um mm -hmm. so but this this march is, is is inspiring other people uh it's encouraging mm -hmm. um i'm hearing online all, all the time canada is a christian nation or was a christian nation very much very much very the same rhetoric as the united states i think some some of us here in the united states forgive us we kind of have written you guys off um but it's <laughs> it's good you. but it's good to see that this level of evil on display promoted calling evil good and calling good evil has mm -hmm. so disgusted people it has literally gotten them off the couch and urged them to act and we're going to continue seeing this across the globe what what do you say to that well yes yeah, so um Luckily, I have built trust within all the different religions. And so originally it was the, you know, just regular parents and Christians that were exposing the nasty porn being taught to our kids, no matter what they end up being. And finally, the Muslim community and the East Indian community and the Jewish community took notice of these books. So what happened on the 20th was every culture came now the muslim community is on board we have christians talking to muslims i was there for it saying look we have some differences in opinion of you know the final you know idea of who who it is that is our our god however they've now aligned that it's us against satanism and so the muslims are working with the christians to say look all that matters right now is getting this nasty porn and you know child mutilation promotion out of our school let's align to the fact that we are people that don't agree with this and so why the liberal government and the unions are freaking out is the muslims and the east indians and the christians and also some jews and other religions have come together if you look at the million person march it is like you know it is very multicultural 
and I am privy to meetings. This is not going away. In fact, last night in my province, um, in Abbotsford, British Columbia, the, the movement is getting so big and no one cares what names they're being called that a few hundred parents and kids showed up to a school board meeting, shut it down and said no more. So th this is you know happening. Wow. And also October 24th, you Americans are copying us, thank the Lord. And you're doing a million, your version of a million person march October 21st and Canada is going to be on board with that as well. And another huge thing happened. Trudeau is in so much trouble. The uh, Muslim Association of Canada put out a statement saying to the liberal government, the unions and the politicians, how dare you call Muslims fascists, Nazis, bigots, um, when we are marching to get rid of the nastiness in our schools. So your, your Muslims in America have taken notice to what our um, Muslim Ameri Association of Canada put out. So now all the religions are getting on board to say enough of the porn in schools. Real quick, I want to get to this breaking story uh, here in a minute about Justin Trudeau. But what do you think Trudeau is going to do to you guys? I mean, we saw what happened in America with January 6th. When there's any sort of resistance and embarrassment of the regime, you know, they, they've they've still got people sitting in gulags to this day. So are you worried that anything like that may happen? Um, I know that some things, this is the thing, people on the other side are leaking stuff to us because there's lots of people that are on, you know, in these systems that are like, I don't agree with this. So yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe this week, an area in Ontario is trying to come up with a bylaw that if any parent holds a sign or does any kind of peaceful protest that says, save the kids, um, leave our kids alone, they get a $250 fine. Well, the community is way ahead of it saying, okay, if that's what you're going to do, then we'll have 4,000 people show up. You can find every single parent and then we'll clog up the courts fighting it. So, you know, they, they're so arrogant to think things aren't being leaked. It, it is being leaked. Wow. Do I think they'll start making arrests? Probably. But you know what? The parents don't care anymore. I mean, if you're going to come after our kids, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of being a parent is you're willing to lay down your life for your kids. It's it's the most natural thing that's, you know, that, that occurs. Okay, so recently, Justin Trudeau went to India, correct? And he went on a plane, uh, obviously, uh, it was the G20 summit, and there's an Indian diplomat in the news, uh, a former diplomat who said that Trudeau's plane was loaded down with cocaine and that dogs were alerted. Uh, of course, the article I saw was denying this. This is ridiculous. There's no way this was true. What do you say? The only people denying it is Trudeau's inner circle, Trudeau's team. So I actually saw this story about two weeks ago from um, a network out of India saying this is reputable sources are saying this is true. I stayed away from it until more and more people picked it up because I didn't want to be wrong. Now, people in Canada who are extremely, you know, legitimate, independent media, Rupa Supramaya, she's a well-respected journalist up here. She's from India. They're saying that this is, this is what's happening. Um, the former Indian diplomat, Deepak Vora, said that this is what happened. Now, we found out up in Canada from our mainstream news, 
oh, um, Trudeau is not going to be back in Canada because he has technical difficulties with this plane and it sat there for like three days. And everyone thought, you're the prime minister. You can't find another plane to go home on. Interesting. It sat there for three days and people thought, this is weird. Well, then it turned out that according to media in India and this former diplomat, no, it's because cocaine was found on his plane. And now Modi, their leader, is not happy with Trudeau. And they're fighting now. Now both countries have expelled diplomats and stopped visas from being allowed in Canada. So here's what's happened to Trudeau. He's recently upset the Jews because uh, we recently had everybody applauding for a Nazi in the House of Commons. He's upset the Muslims, the East Indians, the Christians, uh, and then he's upset everybody that, that's lost their house because of the cost. You know, he's upset every religion. Things are very bad for him. And I'm hearing grumblings that the Liberal Party is asking him to step down. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it seems, sounds like things are going really bad for him. It's a problem that maybe cocaine could fix or more cocaine, which is not true. Uh, but maybe well, he you know and Zelensky and Hunter Biden yeah. can, you know, throw throw a pity party together. Well, can I just say that here in British Columbia, the NDP libs are trying to um, offer cocaine bars about half an hour from me where you can go in and get a hit of cocaine. They've been trying to do that for a long time. So maybe they're, you know, they're trying to legalize that. Unbelievable. Odessa Orlowitz, thank you so much. It's always great to have you on the program. Breaking news that, yes, in fact, the cocaine is on the plane, was on the plane. Justin Trudeau's got a coke problem, just like Zelensky and Hunter Biden. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, the Stu Peter Show rolls on. Don't go anywhere. We're seeing unprecedented criminal tax hikes, hyperinflation, a full-blown recession, and it's all part of the grand plan. The billions of dollars that Biden keeps sending to that corrupt, fake Ukraine. The trillions in new taxes that he wants to shove down your throat. The electronic banking system crash, resetting everybody to zero. Checking accounts, savings accounts, 401ks, IRAs, all of it. Zero. But you don't have to be a victim. Protect your money and get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it when you call my friends at GoldCo. GoldCo has helped to protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people like you and me. And now they're offering you up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account just for being a supporter of the Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect your 50 grand or a half a million or even more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt corporate crime syndicate. Don't be a victim. Call GoldCo, 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD. Or go to goldco.com slash stew. For the first time in a millennia, a famine of biblical proportion is hitting the earth, and it's by design. War has created scarcity. Fertilizer production has been wiped out. The price of fertilizer is up 128%. Food processing plants are exploding. Herds of cows are being massacred and buried. This is a very abnormal event. The Great Reset demons have created the crisis, but a generation of great resistors following King Jesus have the solution. Heavensharvest.com, get there right now. Prepare for the worst by trusting the best. Heavensharvest.com has a delicious plan to conquer starvation. It's real food, high quality, tastes great. Actually really good. Trust Heaven's Harvest today. Order food for the year and a bucket of heirloom seeds. Affordable, available, ready for the fight ahead. Heavensharvest.com. Okay, so here's a new one. Incredibly amazing stuff here. Scientists have actually discovered a mushroom that, get this, grows new brain cells. 
Through a newly discovered phenomenon called neurogenesis, it's now known that the brain can actually regenerate itself, and this exotic mushroom stimulates that process. I mean, they should give some of this stuff to Joe Biden. To learn more about this and the new breakthrough product, go to newtopia.com slash stew and use promo code stewpeters10 for 10% off your first jar. I got to tell you, this is a huge breakthrough for anyone who just wants to be smarter. I mean, who doesn't want that? Again, to learn more, go to newtopia.com slash stew. Again, newtopia.com slash stew. And welcome back to the Stu Peter Show. I'm Paul Harrell filling in for Stu. So I've got to be honest. When I'm scrolling through Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now, and I see the streams, the videos of the streams of illegal aliens coming into my country, I keep scrolling. I don't want to watch something that is so infuriating. I want to ignore the problem and hope it goes away. Confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. The truth is this problem is not going to go away unless the American people make it go away. We cannot ignore this invasion. It's exactly what it is, even if the videos of the train loads of illegals seem totally overwhelming. I feel overwhelmed when I see the videos. Can you imagine what the people on the ground feel like, what the Border Patrol agents feel like? Last week, a federal court told Texas and Governor Greg Abbott they had to remove buoys in the Rio Grande River in Eagle Pass, Texas, that prevent the continued flow of illegals into this country. Now, the Fifth Circuit quickly reversed the order, and the wall of buoys can stay in the river for now. But what will it take for Americans to realize that the Biden administration is facilitating the invasion and destruction of our country? Michael Yawn is a combat correspondent. He's an author and photographer. He provides unfiltered recon from the front lines of the world's most complex and chaotic global conflicts. And this is certainly one of those situations. Michael Yawn joins us now from the country of Panama. Michael, thanks so much. Welcome back to the Stu Peter Show, sir. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me on. I'm in Panama City, Panama, as you just mentioned. I'm just in from the Darien Gap, which is the the area between Colombia and Panama where so many huge numbers of aliens are coming through, 82,000 last month, according to the, the statistics from the uh, Panamanian government. Uh, this month, it's clearly going to be a lot more. I'm going to guess uh, it's over 90,000 easily because uh, we're seeing three to 4,000 a day. So that's a, a pretty safe guess. My guess is also, and my guesses do tend to be accurate over time because usually I'm cheating with my guesses. I go look first and then it's not really a guess. I'm telling you what I'm seeing. And, uh, and uh, I, I, but I think in 2024, uh, I obviously haven't seen that yet. But I believe that we're going to see at least a million come through the Darien Gap in, in 2024. I have reasons to believe that. For instance, the infrastructure is being built down here to bring more aliens in. If you can get your feet anywhere into South America, you can get, I mean, if you're from Africa or Asia or South America, if you're from South America, you're already there. And then you just get to Colombia, which is easy. And then you go through the Darien Gap, which is hard, but highly doable. Uh, thousands are doing it today as we speak. People are dying as we speak coming through. And then you get on a bus and 12 hours later, roughly, you're in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is also being destabilized. I've been warning them for years and here it goes. And so now, important, there are numerous ecosystems that are causing this. The United States is invading itself. The United States is a captured government. It's captured just like the Dutch and the, and the uh, uh, Canadian and other governments and Australians are, uh, and ja Japanese. I was just on the phone with someone in Japan. The, I, I work with Japanese seven days a week. 
I've written three books, by the way, on information war that are only in Japanese because I've been working for years to wake them up. But the bottom line is these are captured governments and uh, the World Economic Forum and the Chinese Communist Party are working in collusion to create these invasions. The United States, Biden, of course, is just a meat puppet. Abbott down in Texas, he's not fighting Abbott. They're part of the same game. Uh, I mean, Abbott is not fighting Biden. They're part of the same game. Well, doesn't the, Greg the, Abbott the have a World Economic Forum page on the website, the World Economic Forum website? Yes, yes. He's yeah. a stooge for the World Economic Forum. I call Greg Abbott the, the sector chief for Texas, for the World Economic Forum. He's not the governor of Texas, so to speak. He is a stooge, just like Trudeau and Biden are. Now, so you were, about to, you, you were about to talk about the buoys, but you, you're – Basically, when, when we see these headlines about the buoys or about him, he's going to send the National Guard to the border. It's all theater. It's all political theater, isn't it? He's not really going to do anything to secure the border in any practical way that stops this flow. No, it's all kayfabe. Kayfabe is an old wrestling term made popular by uh, Eric Weinstein. You can look up kayfabe, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. This is what this is. Basically, where all the all the parties involved are part of the same game. They're all meat puppets fighting each other, distracting us with their fights. You know, the buoys in the river. Even if the buoys were to stay in the river and were ten feet tall and nobody could get across them because they mined the river, it would not matter. The border remains open. There's plenty of places to cross that have no river. I'm I've been all the way across the Texas border many times. I was just down there from space. I've been all the way from SpaceX to San Diego, right? I've been every inch of that border. Not every inch because there's parts you can't actually get to readily. But, I, but I've been across the border on Mexican and U.S. side. I'm constantly down in places like Colombia. I'm in Panama now, Morocco, Lithuania, watching the same thing in Greece. I physically go to these places, Japan, and I see what's happening. It's the same story everywhere. It's the kayfabe, right? Now, important. There are two. This is very important. Pay attention, everybody. Put down everything you're thinking and, and think about this for a moment. There are two major ecosystems that are working in collusion to make this happen. World Economic Forum, which John Batchelor always argues with me about, but it, that's what it is. World Economic Forum and, and uh, Chinese Communist Party. They work in collusion with each other. They clearly will fight each other at some point. Now, the Chinese, I've spent about a year running around China, in and around. I got kicked out of Hong Kong, of course, in 2020. People probably saw it on the news. Uh, it was pretty spectacular, but the but the uh, but the Chinese Communist Party uh, uh, and World Economic Forum they they work they are co-sanguinated. They have meetings every year in Davos and other places such as China. Right now, why are they working together? They have short-term and intermediate-term goals that that overlap on the Venn diagram. Now, the Chinese this is very important. Pay attention. They claim dominion over all of South America, Central America, where I'm at now, Mexico, uh, United States, and Canada. Why? They say that Chinese uh, immigrated thousands of years ago, and all these indigenous people here that I'm always out with, like Kuna Indians, Imbra Indians, whether it's Apache, Comanche, Cherokee, they're saying that they're all Chinese descendants, and therefore they are the blood of Chinese. Chinese were the first to immigrate here, and we stole the land from Chinese. They're very clear about that. Maybe 10 years ago, I said, watch, China will claim dominion over the moon. They'll claim that one of their astronomers mapped the craters first or something. And sure enough, they did. I studied China. Those three books that I wrote that are only in Japanese were all about Chinese information campaigns. I've been all over China looking at their campaigns. 
uh, Nanjing, Shanghai, Xi'an, name it. And, and, and that's what they're doing. The Chinese Communist Party and the World Economic Forum both are working very hard to open up all the borders, of course, but they have different end states. At the end of the, you know, before I got kicked out of Hong Kong, you would see I would publish all the time these signs all around Hong Kong. Chi-Nazis, the crimes of Chi-Nazis, the evil deeds of Chi-Nazis. Why did the Hong Kongers, the Cantonese-speaking Hong Kongers, call the Han Chinese, the Mandarin speakers of the CCP, why do they call them Chi-Nazis? I would ask them, I asked dozens and dozens the exact same question to see what the answer would be. And the answer was always, well, it always went along the lines of this. Fascism is basically when you take, uh, I, I mean, little f fascism, not big F fascism of Italy, but little f fascism is when you take business industry and you, you commingle that with government to the point where they're indistinguishable, indistinguishable. They become saltwater. Basically, business and government are the same thing, right? Now, Nazism occurred when the Nazis were actually fascist, but then they added a huge, they added a huge racial component to that. That's what, that's why the, the Cantonese speaking Hong Kongers would call the Mandarin speaking uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party members Chai Nazis because the Chai Nazis claim dominion over all the world. Anybody with Chinese genes, that doesn't matter if you've been in San Francisco, your family's been in San Francisco since 1850. It doesn't matter if you came from Fujianese parts of China or Cantonese speaking parts. They're claiming genetic dominion. So, so, you, so are I'm you sorry. are you claiming that they? I've never heard this theory, by the way. Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with. The, it's not a theory. It's okay, not yeah, a theory. I, they I, say it. I don't they doubt. They say you. it with their mouth. No, I, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. doubt you. Uh, but you know, I'd never. I mean, I knew the Bering Strait allegedly. You know, people from Asia they cross over the Bering Strait, and that's what allegedly you know populated North America. Um, but so you're saying that the Chinese essentially believe that they are the master race. Is that what you're saying? They don't hide it. They say it all the time. I mean, they they they, they claim genetic dominion. They claim that anybody with Chinese genes falls under their law. That means all these people here and and many of the people China, there's there's Chinese all over Panama who have been here since before the canal was built because they, they were here building the canal. They were here before the canal was built. And they're mostly Cantonese speakers. Every little village you go to, almost every little village, even deep in the jungle. I'm often deep, deep in the jungle. You can find a little Chinese store deep, deep in the jungle, right? And, hmm. and as long as it's got, uh, anyway, but bottom line is those are Cantonese speaking Chinese. They come from a different culture. They don't, generally, they don't like the Chinese Communist Party at all. But the Chinese Communist Party claims genetic dominion over them. They're like, hey, you're Chinese. You're under our umbrella, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, we'll take you on a boat and kidnap you. You know, we we'll kill you. So the Chinese government, they, they're partnering with the World Economic Forum. You've made clear what the uh, Chinese, uh, I guess, goals are here. Um, we probably know what the WEF's goals are, but go ahead, briefly tell us what is the world, I mean, the World Economic Forum, they just don't want borders. They just want no national borders at all, right? Oh, yeah. They're very clear about that. They, they want to destroy national sovereignty and state sovereignty, of course. And, you know, sometimes when I leave Panama, I'll fly straight to, Panama is vital terrain for various reasons. The canal is right outside my window. Highway 1 is right outside my window. These are two arteries into the United, I mean, the Panama Canal is, for those who don't know, one of the most vital little pieces of real estate on earth. It's right outside my window. And Highway 1 is also vital. It's not as serious as the Panama Canal yet, but it's getting there 
They're going to open up a road eventually down through Colombia, and then you're going to have a straight shot all the way from uh, South America up to the United States, right? They already do. They just walk through and come by boats. But, okay, now, the Chinese Communist Party, and I often leave here and I'll fly to places like Netherlands. Why Netherlands? That's as vital as as Panama is. If you see my feet somewhere, it's a, it's an important place, like Texas, right? Uh, if you see my feet in Japan, I'm Ishigaki Island or whatever, it's because it's vital terrain, right? The, the islands of Ishigaki. Now, why Netherlands? Netherlands and the World Economic Forum are working very hard to take Netherlands. Netherlands is vital terrain for taking Europe. Why? The Chinese have already built a train network that goes all the way from Shanghai and other feeders in China all the way across Asia, and it ends at Rotterdam. Rotterdam, Netherlands. There's already been battles fought over Rotterdam in previous wars, right? That's the biggest harbor in Europe. It used to. It's one of the top ten in the world. And the second biggest harbor in Europe is just south of Rotterdam, and that's Antwerp in Belgium. Those two harbors are the biggest in Europe, right? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Rotterdam is at the end, is at the mouth of the Rhine River, which is basically the Mississippi of Europe, right? It's a vital river. That's a vital harbor, right? The train from all the way over to China that China's built ends at Rotterdam. Now, the World Economic Forum and Chinese Communist Party are working very hard to flood Netherlands and the rest of Europe, but especially targeting Netherlands with a, with a critical mass of aliens and just take the country. They're already prepping the country that you'll have to take aliens into your homes. They're prepping them. Now, when I talk with Dutch people about this, they're like, oh, they would never do that. They're just talking. I'm like, how many times do you have to go through this before you get what's about to happen? When they passed the law that wolves were protected in Netherlands a few years ago, there was no there was no law. There was no wolf. There were no wolves in, in Netherlands when they passed that law. There were no wolves. And so the Dutch are like, well, it doesn't matter. Pass the law. Now there's wolves all over the place and they're killing the livestock and they're blaming the farmers. There, last time I was in Netherlands a few months ago, I was there in March looking at Groningen gas fields and the elections. A wolf was killed right by my hotel, 500 meters away, got hit in the road. I mean, there's wolves everywhere and they're, they're doing the same in Germany killing horses, killing killing livestock, and they blame the farmers. They're using this as causes belly to take the farms, right? That's the same as with the, the Chinese. They are using their their bloodlines to, to amp up their people and say, we got to, same with Okinawa, Japan. They're trying, the Chinese Communist Party is working hard. I just got off the phone with somebody in Okinawa. They're working hard to, to get the Okinawans to think that they're actually Chinese. That the Okinawans are like, hey, you're actually Chinese. Hey, There's so and much, some of them are buying it. There's so some much bad blood it. between Japan and China. That That is incredible. That's quite the uh, diplomatic endeavor, if, if you want to call it that. Um, so China yep. is essentially, they're, 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 what you, you're basically highlighting what they're doing immigration-wise, the apparatuses, the infrastructure they're building to essentially take over the world. What do you think about the financial state of things? Specifically, BRICS. Some some articles you read want to downplay it. Oh no, the dollar's fine. Others are saying no. There's there's going to be a new uh, global financial order um, because the BRICS nations are going to expand. They're going to back their currency with gold. They're going to crush the dollar. What are your thoughts on that, Michael Yan? Well, we know the Chinese Communist Party. There's only maybe one government that lies more than the U.S. government, and that would be the Chinese Communist Party, right? I mean, actually, once you reach infinity lying, you can't lie any greater than that. And both of them have reached that level where the, nothing that comes out of the U.S. government or the North Koreans or the Chinese government is trustworthy or the EU. 
None of these governments are trustworthy. What we can see is that the Chinese Communist Party, uh, that one of their one of their promises to the Chinese people for loyalty is that you'll have plenty of gold. I mean, like uh, wealth, right? And, and 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 the Chinese economy clearly is collapsing. You see, recently I published some photos of, of empty streets in Shanghai. Someone sent me who was there on the ground, and they went viral. You can see on my X or Twitter or whatever, 1.6 million views, I think. And Chinese Communist Party has been attacking me for the last three weeks, article after article after article. It's just a few photos. That's how sensitive they are. Rem remember, you can lie all you want. The real danger is telling the truth. Telling the truth is dangerous. I see Chinese flooding down this road. I'm in the Darien Gap watching the Chinese come through every day. So, Go ahead, sir. No, so um, I guess my, my... I'm sorry, I got a car from the gap. No, 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 it's it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't think we had any interruption. So what's interesting about this is if America is on the economic decline, which I, I think it is, and China, it, it, their economy is not doing well. So, I mean, history would suggest that war is a very real possibility. What do you think? I picked up a cough in the Darien Gap. I hope it's not tuberculosis. Ben Berkwam and Oscar Blue came out very sick again. Third time in a row for them. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be drinking on the show, but I need some water. No, no, I understand. Uh, and Yeah, feel free to speak we're to in, the We're in a state of war. Yeah, okay. So it's already... We're in here. a state of war. It's very clear. It's, it's crystal clear, right? War is what I do. I've spent years in different wars, you know, a couple in Iraq, a couple in Afghanistan. I'm, you know, down in the Philippines and watching war in different parts of you know thailand and conflict and you know just on and on and on i spent a lot of time with the Maoist out in nepal which i haven't written much about but i'm watching conflict constantly there's many types of war we are in a state of war europe and the united states are being invaded meanwhile we've got americans debating you know uh they're still watching football you can't even make up this stuff mm. you know, you're about to be killed and i mean really killed i don't mean you're just going to lose your job and things are going to be rough and it's going to be a depression i mean these people coming through the dairy and gap they got high testosterone. Those people coming across the med, you know, when I was over in uh, Morocco watching this and over in, in uh, Greece and other places, I'm telling you, these guys coming across, they are serious men. They're high on testosterone. They are high on – look at the Venezuelans. You see that flag in McAllen the other day? All these Venezuelans I see coming through the Darien Gap, which are thousands per day of vi just Venezuelans, right? They're always like, Venezuela, Venezuela. I've got so many videos of them saying to me just in the last couple of weeks constantly they don't they son i'll ask they don't they son where are you from and they'll be venezuela you'll have 50 or 100 i'm going venezuela venezuela and then they got their flags they're wearing their flag they're running from their country but they're running and they're bringing their flags constantly to the united states so right? we need to i mean i mean america this, is is well armed but we need to arm ourselves and be prepared for them to be, be turned violent i mean that's essentially what you're saying right yeah, well, well, well armed and sitting on the couch, right? I mean, seriously, I come back, I spent about three quarters of my life overseas, right? In over 90 countries. And I don't mean airport stops. I've spent most of my life out of the United States, right? Whether that's across a, a big, huge swaths of Asia and the Middle East and down here and all over the place, right? Europe, spent six years in Europe, you know, almost seven. And, and I speak German. I've been all over this world. And I'm telling you, some fish don't mix well in the same aquarium. And another thing that's happening is when I come back to the United States, I see a bunch of druggies. I see, I smell, I go to Washington, D.C., I go to Philadelphia, Atlanta. I smell marijuana on the elevators in the hotels. I go to check into a hotel, I smell, smell dope all over the place. People walking down the street, 
smell like dope. Uh, you know, uh, people walking around, sleeping on the streets all over the place. Uh, I mean, the United States, you remember one of the ways we killed the Indians, fire water, right? Fire water, whiskey, right? I mean, this is an old technique. It's it's, it's it's oldest time. We're being hit with many different weapons. Information war is one of the big ones. That's why I focus so much on information war. You can the, 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 the PhD level of warfare is information war. That's how you set the conditions to just open the borders, you know, and then blame everybody who says, hey, we don't want these guys in here. You know, they, 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 when they, when they, when they go to the toilet, they stand on it. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, these people don't know how to use flush toilets. That's insane. Right? That's insane. I mean, yeah. we've got people. Go ahead, and, sir. Well, I saw Stu. I saw Stu Peters recently tweeted, uh, you know, of an immigrant having relations with a goat. Literally, like, you know, that's literally what's going on here. So, to your point, yes, to say they're uncultured—that's <laughs> an understatement. We don't have a lot of time left, but I want to give you the last word. What do we do? I know that's a loaded question. What are we supposed to do if we want to save our country from this invasion? Anything short of mass shut the border, shut the border, shut the border. Crystal clear. Any fool that says we can't shut the border is wrong. We can shut it. We can absolutely shut it. It doesn't mean if you aren't going to trickle through, they will, but we can shut that border. The second thing is mass deportations. Anybody who's talking anything less than mass deportations is not an adult and has not got the guts to step up to this problem Absolutely. or doesn't have the intelligence. Some fish don't mix well in the same aquarium. And I'm telling you, we're in a state of war and it's going to get highly kinetic. It's going it, all those guns. Guess what? We got Chinese coming across and they're putting on their Instagram and WeChats. They're going in. They're going to American gun ranges. They're doing it. There was one that came through Darien Gap, right? down you know i'm down there all the time months at a time he went right up to the united states he was publishing videos everywhere he went and the next thing you know he's out in a desert in the united states somewhere shooting rifles i mean it's, 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 he, it, there was another guy we tracked he went through the Darien gap he went up to new york and brooklyn and one week he had a driver's license these are serious people yeah. this is not a game they are not coming to take your jobs they're coming to take your life and take your house that's what's coming they are coming to kill you. They are not coming to 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 steal the vote and fill up. The, that's child's play. All this vote stuff. No, no, no. They're coming to kill you and replace you. Right. And a lot of these people that are coming up from Venezuela and those sorts of places, they are useful idiots. They'll also be killed when this is over. There are other there, this is the population replacement then a population reduction program. This is not theory. This is not conspiracy theory. They say it with their mouths. They write it in books. I mean, you know, and people that say that they wouldn't tell you in advance, again, they don't study evil. Adolf Hitler put it, Mein Kampf, right? He said exactly what he was going to do. Pol Pot said he was, what he was going to do. Mao said what he was going to do. They all, they say what they're going to do, and then they execute, right? That's what's happening. Chinese Communist Party has said what they're going to do as has the World Economic Forum, over and over and over. Unbelievable. Michael Yan, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing this uh, important information with us. We really do. Thank you, sir. Thank Absolutely. you for having me on. Folks, the Stu Peter Show rolls on back here in just a moment. Filtersuck.com is the leading manufacturer in filterless air purification systems, whether you're dealing with pollen or mold or dust, shedding from your pet, or vaccinated neighbors mRNA spike protein shedding, filtersuck.com has solutions for every scenario, at home, at work, or on the go. Breathe with confidence, don't let your air suck. 
Rest well knowing that your home is protected 24-7. So now you can get a unit for your home or a portable unit for on-the-go travel. That's Filtersuck.com. Use promo code Stu for 10% off when you go to Filtersuck.com. What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep and focus, invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry? They will give you headaches, make you depressed and even angry if they don't get what they want. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. I really wish I didn't have to bring you this disgusting news. But you know that holster company that I've been working with as a sponsor for the past four months, Vanish Holsters, they've just been banned. Yeah, even though they're legally allowed to purchase it, Amazon, Google, and Facebook just banned it for sale to more than 7.7 million Americans who live in a certain state. Now, the good news is they can't stop me or us from getting it in their hands, or in your hands, for that matter. Now, crazy enough, the reason that it was banned is because that holster, Vanish Holster, enhances the concealment of a weapon better than just about any other holster on the market. And even better, it works with 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. It carries two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, using my link, you get it for $40 off. So lock in your special pricing right now. Go to Vanish.com slash Stu. Again, that's VNSH.com slash Stu. Again, VNSH.com slash Stu. Here's a question. You ever feel like your pain is holding you back? How many of you aren't able to go on a walk with your grandchildren because your knees hurt too much? This is the reality for millions of people over 50. They suffer from pain that can make it difficult to get around, to sleep, to enjoy life. But there is a brand new product that can help you get your life back. QE Strong Pain Patches are made with natural ingredients that are extremely safe, and they work. Just simply apply one patch to the affected area and you'll feel relief in minutes. If you're tired of living with pain, Try QE Strong Pain Patches today. Go to qestrong.com slash stew. Again, that's qestrong.com slash stew. And welcome back to the Stu Peter Show. I'm Paul Harrell filling in for Stu. So we see it time and time again. Anytime there is a movement that exposes the lies of the regime and the uh, potential to get average people to engage in critical thinking that challenges long-established beliefs the left in this country will inevitably play the race card. Right on cue, the media, government, and corporations will attack and cancel the ideas or people they perceive as a threat to their power. What they did and are doing to the MAGA movement would be the most obvious example. Donald Trump is racist, they said, and his supporters are too. To prove it's not just a partisan issue with the deep state's severe allergy to RFK Jr., that would be another example. Remember when he highlighted the racial outcomes of COVID-19 and read the studies that revealed it affected the black population at a higher rate? Racist, they said. Regardless, calling new ideas, people, or movements racist without any evidence is clearly a political tactic of the left. Well, maybe not, at least not exclusively to the left. There is currently a debate raging among evangelical Christians over a topic you have likely heard on this program before. Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism? Well, that phrase has different definitions to different people. Some on the Christian right are eager to participate in rigorous debates to distill down exactly what it means. Others, apparently, are not willing to even entertain the concept, and you guessed it, are crying racism. 
You see, one of the concepts of Christian nationalism is that national borders that separate people groups, who also tend to look the same, is a good thing, a natural concept. Another aspect of Christian nationalism challenges the unconstitutional jurisprudence that has led to the expansion of wickedness and evil across our land. I mean, when the Founding Fathers were writing the First Amendment, did they believe freedom of speech meant allowing the mass distribution of pornography? Well, the answer is obvious. No, of course not. When they were writing the First Amendment, did they believe it would allow for the satanic Baphomet statues at courthouses or on town squares in the name of religious freedom? No, of course not. Christian nationalism actually represents the same historical Protestant political thought that led to the founding of the United States. William Wolfe is a former senior official in the Trump administration. He's been participating in and monitoring this debate on Christian Twitter, or the subset now Christian nationalist Twitter, for quite some time, and he joins us now to discuss more. William, welcome to the Stu Peter Show. Paul, thank you so much for having me here today. This is a critical topic, and I'm glad we're going to discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what what are your thoughts right now? I mean, because, again, I mentioned this debate among evangelicals. It was really raging last week uh, in the midst of the uh, the G3 Ministries conference. And there's a lot of speakers at that conference that I like, you know, I, I, I agree with. Uh, but it seems to me that that's kind of where this debate was raging last week as to, you know, is Christian nationalism something that needs to be, you know, stopped and, and defeated because it's kinist or racist? Right. Well, that is, like you said, uh, a smear tactic of the left to try to easily get out of a very important debate that we need to have in the American political context right now and that Christians need to engage in. As you said, I argue that Christian nationalism is essentially recovering our historic Protestant roots here in America that led to the creation of the freest nation in history that gave us the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I say that Christian nationalism is simply an effort to enshrine what was assumed at the founding. And unfortunately, what's happened over the last you know, many, many years, and particularly since the sexual and cultural revolution in the post-World War II era, all those assumptions, such as there's no such thing as a secular state, all governing authorities serve under the authority and at the will of God, and that cultural and moral virtue matters have disappeared. And so we're saying now that we essentially have globo homo nationalism, what does it look like for us to sort of re-pour the foundations of a free society in America? And there are many scholars, including one very interesting German uh, legal scholar, Bakkenford, who argued that free societies, democratic liberal societies can only be founded on Christian presuppositions. And yet at the same time, they then go on to work to undermine those foundations. And we've seen what that looks like in America today, and we're working to recover those foundations. So uh, the uh, some of the evangelicals who are against this and are calling people like Stephen Wolf, who I interviewed last time I, I filled in uh, for Stu here. I got to interview Stephen Wolf. We did a whole uh, interview on his book, The Case for Christian Nationalism. And he seems to be a lot, some of these uh, evangelicals are are calling him a racist or a kinist if that if that you know kinist is this kind of this subset uh and i know Stephen totally denies it and they if, refuse to debate i think one of the guys name is uh, owen uh uh Strawn. am i saying his uh saying his last name correctly i'm pretty close okay so he was at the g3 conference and uh he he said this now this is kind of a 
a, a platitudistic, or this is just a, a comment full of platitudes uh, at the G3 conference. Listen. God does not love a merely white church in America. God loves a global people of all backgrounds and tribes. This is under fire today from different corners, but we confess it and will stand here come what may. God loves the global body of Christ. All right, so uh, Stephen Wolf, respond to that because, yeah, I mean, that's, of course, that's true. But by saying that, he's insinuating that those of us who uh, think Christian nationalism is the path forward somehow don't believe that. And that's what's so frustrating. There's, it just doesn't seem that they really want to have an honest debate. Well, thanks, Paul. And just to correct the record, I am William Wolf, not Stephen Wolf. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no problem. We get confused quite a bit. But uh, uh, so let's see. Owen said a lot of true things there. So let me try to steel man his argument and, and then engage it. Of course, God does not love a merely white church. God does love the global church. But God does not disdain or hold in judgment churches that exist in demographic areas that are essentially homogenous, right? So if you consider, say, an Ethiopian church that is comprised of, you know, 99% Ethiopians, God is not faulting that church for a lack of racial diversity. If there is a white church, so to speak, somewhere in, you know, rural Ohio that's comprised of essentially, you know, 99% white Americans that are faithfully worshiping God, God does not despise that church either. And this was actually a key piece of rhetoric that came from the woke and from the left during the social justice rise in evangelicalism, trying to uh, essentially guilt uh, ethnically homogenous churches into feeling bad for the lack of, you know, quote unquote, racial diversity in their congregations. So that, that, that topic actually came on fire, not from the right, but from the left. And so the key phrase there and what Owen said was, this is coming under fire today from certain sections to which we would have to ask which sections, because that is not coming under fire from Christian nationalists. That's not really what we're talking about. We aren't Christian nationalism is fundamentally an effort to restore righteous government and good laws in America. It's not fundamentally dealing with the composition of churches. And so I think that that was an unfortunate uh, misrepresentation of the Christian nationalists in that clip there. Yeah, and I, you know, I really want everybody to, you know, just have this debate because they're going to call us Christo-fascists or Christian nationalists. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I, I was reading a, a, an article uh, by a guy by the name of uh, Samuel Say recently, uh, you know, who, who's not a Christian nationalist. He doesn't say he's a Christian nationalist, but if you read his article recently, it essentially, you know, he, he said he does believe that the governments, you know, need to be righteous and they, and they need to, uh, you know, reflect. We want them to reflect, you know, Christian principles. Well, according to the left, well, you're now an evil Christian nationalist. The term is going to be used regardless. So I, I think it's a good idea to let's have the debate and let's figure out what it is, what it's not. And I'm not even I mean, the, 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 the fear of it to me is it, there's there's really no fear in, in, in my opinion. I think it's just totally irrational. Because it's already happening, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, uh, William. Sorry about that, by the way. Um, I'd it's already happening in what I'm calling Christian red states, mainly in the South. Okay, the, the state legislatures who are Christians, many of them are Christians. They've been voted on by Christians in their states, and they're going down and they're passing laws. 
you know, against drag queen story hour, against taking children to drag queen shows, against puberty, blocking hormones, chemical castration, as well as the actual, you know, top and bottom surgeries, the mutilation of genitals. This is already happening, and it's happening, and I've seen it in my home state of Arkansas, where the legislators are going down to the floor of the House or the Senate, and they're quoting scripture as reasons for needing to pass this, these legislations, this, this, these bills, to protect children. And uh, pretty soon, the big debate is going to be opening up the child abuse statutes and putting parents that do this to their kids as abusers. That's going to be a huge battle, and it's going to happen. But see, to me, that that's what I that that's kind of what I see when I see Christian nationalism. I see it's already taking place in uh, a lot of southern red states. Well, I think that's right, and the reality is is that much of this debate again was sparked by Donald Trump's win in 2016. Trump came out and said that he was a nationalist and that uh, surprised many people on the left and offended them, of course. But that basic tenet of nationalism, that nation states are good and they have the right to control their sovereign territory and their borders, stands in sharp distinction against the global multicultural era we live in that we have seen to be an utter failure. Just go ask anyone in England or in France right now how multiculturalism and mass migration is working out for them. And they'll tell you, not good. And so the, the beginning tenet of Christian nationalism is that nationalism, when rightly ordered and rightly understood, is a good thing. But then we have to ask ourselves, what type of nationalism, contra-globalism, would we like? And as Christians, we have to say we want a Christian nationalism that does everything you just said, that protects children, that protects the decency of the public square, that upholds the value of life and provides equal protection for the unborn in the womb, that respects the traditional, the historic creation values of marriage between a man and a woman and calls on our governments to, as Psalm 2 says, kiss the son lest they be destroyed. And as Romans 13 says, to bear the sword rightly, punishing evildoers and commending good. That's the basic tenets of Christian nationalism. And the left will call us Christian nationalists till the cows come home. And in fact, there are many young men all across America who feel disaffected by the secular global order we live in, who see this and say, well, that's a pretty cool term. I like it. So I want to work with those young men, those young women, and, and of course, everybody across any age range to recover a Christian foundation in America. And for me, that's all Christian nationalism comes down to. Why do you think there's such a disconnect between the clergy uh, and the uh, average layperson who's in the pew. And, and, and that's not every church, and that's not all, but it does seem, and don't get me wrong, there are times where, you know, there is the sin of the age, and the pastor speaks to his congregation about that and convicts of sin and, you know, gets their congregation, you know, well, he doesn't get them to repent, but the Holy Spirit does. But you, you know my point. But it seems like right, it seems right now we're in a situation where the there's almost like a bubble, there's almost like a, a clergy bubble and the rest of us are going out in our lives, and we're among we're in this wicked culture, and uh, there doesn't seem to be as much of an urgency on the clergy's part to try to uh, speak to this. What are your thoughts? Well, the 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 pastor or clergy class in America, and particularly in American evangelicalism, has been discipled by arguably center left evangelical parachurch organizations for decades now, the Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, etc. And they've been fed a string of rhetoric, and I think uh, half-truths, that have told them that they have to appeal to the left in order to keep people coming into their churches. And they've, they've done so at the neglect of what we could call the base, the average 
Christian in America who is who's coming to church and is seeking to hear the gospel proclaimed and preached. And then this is very important, Paul, applied to their lives and the culture we live in today. If you're going to apply the Christian faith to the culture we live in today, the vast majority of serious criticisms are going to be leveled against the left as they're doing heinous and unspeakable things to our children and to our nation. And yet those have been downplayed in a sort of punch right, you know, coddle left paradigm. And so I think that many pastors and clergy, the more educated individuals who have been discipled by these left leaning parachurch organizations, they just simply at this point in time cannot understand the real challenges facing our country. And they're stuck in this numbers driven, growth driven paradigm instead of genuine, committed discipleship, equipping Christians to share the gospel and to cheerfully engage in the culture war that we're all a part of. I think that's good to cheerfully engage in, in the culture war is, you know, very well said. I completely agree with your sentiment. And it's uh, you say it's these parachurch organizations and, and it's center left. And it certainly is. And there's a lot of people that are also talking about a post-World War II, post-1960s era civil rights America. You know, when, when you look back and you say, look, in the 1930s, as late as the 1930s, there were blasphemy laws on the books. I think people are starting, I think this is what my monologue was about, you know, anytime that you're asking people or, or there's a movement trying to get people to think critically about, well, we've, already, we've always done it this way, well, we've always done it this way in our lifetimes or in a few generations, but we haven't always done it this way. And so people are starting to rethink that, and, and we really have, uh, you know, what freedom of speech or uh, freedom of religion meant in, in the 30s and before is not what it's meaning now, you know, when we're in on the other side of these Supreme Court decisions that essentially reinterpreted the Constitution. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that's right. And people need to understand that there was a, a radical change to the American nation and our understanding of our constitutional rights and our democracy, so to speak, constitutional republic in the post-World War II era. Two books that I would recommend would be Christopher Caldwell's Age of Entitlement, which uh, helps you understand that there is sort of a competing constitution that was enshrined through the sort of the breadth of the civil rights legislation. Of course, working to, you know, working to rectify racial discrimination that existed in our nation at that time and previously was a noble goal. But there were many things that were smuggled in under the civil rights tent that has uh, helped that has sort of confused people as to what it means that freedom of association, freedom of speech, etc. And then there was like, as you mentioned in your monologue, quite a bit of Supreme Court jurisprudence that really watered down the role and the rights of Christians in America in particularly to live and speak out their faith. And and we've seen what that's led to. And people are pushing back on that. So fundamentally, one of the issues with this conversation is a lack of historical literacy about the American system and the drastic changes that have happened to it in the last 70 to 80 years. And there's also that disconnect between some who are, I think are just totally opposed to the, the, the word, the phrase Christian nationalism, to what was historical Protestant political thought in terms of the relationship between Christians and their government and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, the Westminster Confession of Faith talks about the role of the magistrate in relation to the church. It was updated in, in the American version right after the founding because they didn't want to state, you know, an official state church. But even the American version uh, is, is something that uh, we're not doing now. And, you know, the, I think the idea is what, what a lot of, it's really as simple as this. Uh, you know, if, if, you're a, uh, if you're a judge and you're a Christian, be, be a Christian judge. 
if you're a lawmaker, if you're a mayor, if you're a dog catcher, be a Christian dog, dog catcher, mayor, or lawmaker. And yet, post-World War II, we have accepted this myth of neutrality. And I think there's a lot of Christians, or people who claim to be Christians, who are in positions of power, that think that it's not their obligation to, to you know, support the mission of the church. Which, right now, I mean, if you go along, well, live and let live— you know, uh, you know, I, I, we've got to have this, you know, live and let live mentality, which means we have to accept kids being taken to drag shows and being put on a path to hell. Okay, that is the complete antithesis of what the mission of the church is. So, uh, go ahead. I'll give you the last word, sir. Well, no, that that's exactly right. And, and Paul, I would say that you know, of course, the myth of neutrality taught Christians in America that they had to check their beliefs at their door when they walked out to the public square. But the truth is that God is not God of just your heart. God is God of the public square. And I would say that even if a judge or a dog catcher or a president is not a Christian, what they need to recognize most fundamentally is that all authority in God's creation is derivative from the creator. And he tells everybody in authority how they should use it, whether they have repented of their sins and believed in Jesus Christ and accepted the gospel or not, they will be held accountable. And so our call as Christian nationalists is twofold. Yes, we want more unapologetic Christians leading in the public square as Christians, but we're calling on all leaders to exercise authority, whether they're Christian or not, to recognize that they will answer to the one supreme authority, and they need to learn how to exercise that authority rightly according to his good commands and precepts today. William Wolf. Thank you so much. I couldn't have said it any better. And uh, your Twitter is one of the most, or X or whatever people are calling now, your Twitter is one of the most entertaining uh, uh, accounts out there. I follow it. I, I love how you engage. So can you tell everybody where they can follow you? What's your handle? Yeah, my handle is at William underscore E underscore Wolf with an E on the end on X, formerly known as Twitter. Paul, thanks so much for having me on today. Thank you, folks. This has been a privileged guest hosting for the Stu Peters Show. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great night. At some point, we've all been sold a big lie, including yours truly. It's called the protein lie. Starting in the 1980s, supplement companies began pushing massive protein consumption. We all believed that more protein equaled more muscle growth. I'm here to tell you that's a big fat lie. No surprise. Let's say that you eat an eight ounce chicken breast. You're consuming about 40 grams of protein. However, just because something contains 40 grams of protein doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to absorb all 40 grams. No, without enzymes, most of it ends up in your toilet bowl. So if you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will be starving for those vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial that you take a high quality enzyme. The one that I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more proteins than any other commercially available with five different kinds of proteins. You can try it today, risk-free. Their 365-day full money-back guarantee is the gold standard in the industry. When you go to bioptimizers.com slash stew, be sure to enter the coupon code stewpeters10 to get an extra 10% off of your order at bioptimizers.com slash stew. Heart disease, blood clots, strokes, kidney failure. These can all be found on the back of an ibuprofen bottle listed as side effects. And to top it all off, ibuprofen doesn't even get to the main cause of your pain and swelling problems. It's only temporary relief. It's only masking the true problem, which is inflammation. It's not only ineffective, it's expensive and downright dangerous, especially for seniors to be popping ibuprofen pills. That's why researchers are saying to add this Antarctic super nutrient to your diet. These are omega-3 fatty acids sourced from wild-caught krill, 
The omega-3 content from krill oil has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. In fact, it can outperform ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol. And it doesn't have the dangerous side effects mentioned above either. Better yet, for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Just go to StopMyInflammation.com right now to get your special offer for being a part of my audience. StopMyInflammation.com. What does the federal government do with your tax dollars? They waste billions in Ukraine. They give over $2,000 a month to illegal aliens invading our country. They murder scores of Americans with the corona hoax bioweapon jabs. They cheat in the elections and take away your voice. And when you complain about it, like the peaceful protests on January 6th, they put you in prison, torture you, and make up phony indictments against you. The enemy wants you to be a powerless slave that shuts up and does as you are told. But there is a way out of this tyranny. Freedom Law School has been teaching Americans for over 27 years that no law requires 99% of Americans to file and pay income tax. None of their students who have stopped paying have gone to prison or had their bank account and property stolen by the IRS. Go to freedomlawschool.org today to take five steps to freedom from IRS deception, robbery, and slavery. Totally free to set you free. Go to freedomlawschool.org today.